You've managed to tell a love story avoiding stereotypes. How did you manage to do that? Uh, I think, as, as I said last night, um, I think stereotypes come from without, not from within. So, to me, these characters aren't any type. You know, they're they're actual people that uh, Terrell and I either knew or or, or were uh, growing up. So. I don't even think about trying to uh, counter stereotypes or anything like that. And the character is on this journey, you know, and I think he's getting to the point where he, he will allow himself to love himself. And I think you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. So all those things to me kind of organically rose uh, from the character uh, and, and the place. And, and if there's anything that uh, involves stereotype or or cliche, those things are projected onto the characters from the outside and certainly not from, from, from within. The casting for the film was absolutely spot on. How did you manage to do that? Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's the longest part of the process, but I think the most important, you know, I think maybe 75% of directing uh, is casting. So, you know, I wanted to get it right, you know, especially with the three Chirons, just knowing that we would have three different people uh, playing our main character and trying to find like a continuum uh, amongst those people so that the audience, you know, feels like they're on one journey and not three uh, different journeys. Um, and the way we approached it was, instead of trying to find people who looked alike, you know, I was trying to find the same feeling, you know, like a, a spirituality uh, in their eyes, you know. Uh, Walter Murch uh, wrote this book called In the Blink of an Eye. Um, for anybody studying film, I think it's the one of the most important books you can read. It's very slim, so you can get through it very quickly. Uh, but he talks about in cinema the eyes being the window into the soul. He's an editor, so every time you blink, he's like you're putting up a barrier between yourself uh, and the audience. So I just tried to find uh, these men who could, uh, one, who didn't blink very often, uh, but who you could see the certain thing uh, within their eyes. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm proudest of in the film is that by the time you get to Travante, who plays the character in the third story, he's this huge, like, rocked up. Uh, kind of dude, but you look in his eyes and you still see the kid uh, that came before. The film has given the opportunity for a lot of young black actors to shine. Do you think this could show studios that there could be a lot of ethnic minority talent in the US and UK who aren't being given equal opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I don't think about any of that. Um, as I'm uh, prepping the film or making the film, um, what studios see or, or don't see is, is not my prerogative. But um, I do think that there are actors in this film uh, who haven't gotten to showcase their talents in the way they do uh, in Moonlight. And, and I think that the response to the film, uh, for sure, is driven by uh, the quality of those performances. You know, I think we're, we have characters in this movie that you don't see very often represented in arts and letters, and I think the way the actors, like, give those act those characters, like, a full, fully fleshed out and lived in voice um, is the reason why people are identifying so much with uh, the characters in our story, because, you know, so far we've screened at London, New York Film Festival, uh, Telluride in Toronto, and, I mean, I'm just gonna be brutally honest, you know, those cities are nothing like uh, the world of these characters, and yet people are finding, uh, finding ways to identify um, with the things that our, that our characters go through. so uh, And that, to me, is fully uh, a testament to the quality of the acting. And if, you know, the people in this movie don't go on to do uh, more work, uh, then I would, I would say that's an indictment uh, of the system because clearly the talent is there. Camera techniques really pull us into the movie. How did you achieve that? Uh, yeah, you know, I wanted the, the, the camera work to rise from character. You know, you know someone said to me, you know, were you uh, afraid to make a movie that visually 
uh, is so lush and pretty uh, for subject matter that is so heavy and dark. Um, but I mean, the Miami I grew up in was just a beautiful place. There's like this richly green grass and open blue sky. And so to have made a film and try to uh, deny or subdue uh, that beauty to me would have been uh, immoral. Um, and I also wanted the movie to be immersive, you know. This movie's very personal for me and personal for Terrell. So I didn't want to have, you know, Naomi Harris playing, you know, my mother who suffered through a raging uh, drug addiction and not have the audience have to look her directly um, in the eyes, you know. Like in cinema, usually the camera is just outside the character. It's not directly on access. So there's a bit of falsehood. The fact that I'm looking at you and talking to you and get the camera is never looking me in the eye. Um, I want it in this film, the audience to have to look the characters directly in the eye. And all that stuff, again, I, I felt like if it was rooted in character, despite the fact that some of it is uh, a bit jarring and unorthodox, um, that it would fluidly uh, work with the narrative because it comes from the character out, you know, and not from the filmmaker in. The three shy roles in the film feel really connected. How did you achieve that kind of continuity? Well, I, I forbid the actors from, from meeting and, uh, and there was no rehearsal. You know, I felt like, again, 75% of directing is casting. I thought if, if, I, if I cast these guys uh, appropriately, uh, that they would, because in the film, they need to be different people. They're playing the same character, but he's a different person. So we will cast different people uh, to play this guy. Um, and, and I thought, again, just if I could feel the same thing in their eyes, that the point was how different the world had made them as we shift through each different story. Um, and so I didn't want them to mimic one another or to try to figure out, you know, how did, how did uh, Ashton do it? You know, I'm going to do it this way. I didn't want that at all. And I think, you know, the results, especially the response people have had to the character um, following his journey, um, is proof positive that uh, either it was a magic trick or, you know, we did the right thing. What was it about Tyrone McCraney's play in the moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue, that made you want to make this movie? Uh, you know, part of it was uh, there were things, like I said, you know, Naomi Harris plays this character, Paula, who's a composite of my mom and Terrell's mom, and that's an aspect of my life uh, I didn't talk about very often. Uh, and so the fact that Terrell was addressing it so forthrightly um, made me feel like, you know, I needed to, to uh, I don't know, to sort of deal with some of these issues I had tucked away. Um, the other as aspect of it was, you know, Terrell is an openly gay uh, artist and, and you know I'm a straight straight man but I consider myself an ally to LGBTQ causes but you know it's like when the Supreme Court uh, passed that bill and everybody on Facebook put like the rainbow overlay on their profiles to me that's an example of like passive empathy uh, and being a passive ally and I want to be an active ally and so when I read Terrell's story and it grabbed me the way it did uh, to me to have not done the work as a visual storyteller who identified with so many aspects of the character's uh, identity that didn't deal with sexuality, um, to have not, you know, seen it through, you know, to not explore the possibility of turning it into a film, uh, it would have been cowardly, you know, as someone who considers themselves um, an active ally uh, uh, for LGBTQ causes. I believe you didn't want to play a drug addict, but a positive role model only. Yeah. What made you change your mind? Um, what made me change my mind was sitting, with, well, actually Skyping with um, Barry Jenkins, the director, and him explaining to me that this was his mother's story and also the story of um, the writer Terrell. And uh, he, he basically said, please 
you know, play my mother. And here's an opportunity to play what's often ends up being a stereotype in a completely different way. And I thought, yeah, that's a great challenge that I, I want to take on. Very grateful that you did. Thank you. Uh, how did you get involved in the project? Um, I got involved in the project because Jeremy Kleiner, who's one of the producers of you know this project, he um, approached me and he said, he actually lied to me, to be quite honest with you, because he said, Barry Jenkins loves your work, really wants to work with you. And so I thought, okay, great. So I did the whole movie thinking Barry really wanted me. And it wasn't until during the promotional tour that I said to Barry, oh, so you, you know, how did you, what of my work did you see while you saw Paula in me? And he said, no, I didn't see any of your work. I, I didn't know who you were. It was Jeremy who actually got us together. So it's all Jeremy Kleiner's fault. How might this film change the perception of black roles on screen? I hope that this film stops people even thinking about black roles because you know what we see on screen is a representation of humanity you know and um, I think what's wonderful about this film is it challenges all those sense of you know identities and stereotypes that we often get caught up on and that we often see represented in film. One of the most amazing things Barry does in Moonlight is capture the spirit of your sons played by three different actors. How did each of them strike you to work with? They all struck me in the same way, in the, in the sense that they were all incredibly committed, um, incredibly professional, and very easy to work with. I mean, this movie was made for, I think it's a million dollars or less than a million dollars. So a very, very small budget. So no one was in it because of, you know, we were just there because we wanted to tell this story. So everyone was incredibly committed and, and dedicated to this project and just wanted to do their very best. How did Barry work with you uh, particularly given the rush nature of the schedule? I think what's special about the way that Barry works is that he makes you feel as though you're completely safe. He's very experimental in the way that he directs. So I remember on my first day, I was doing a scene and he suddenly said, okay, can we do that scene again? And can you do it all to camera? And then he'll suddenly say, um, there's a new line that I just want you to say and can you just scream it at the top of your voice? And, and so he's so experimental that you feel really free as a performer because you think, at any time, I can do whatever I want. I can just play. And really, the best work always comes out of playing. You know, shouldn't take it too seriously. Um, I love the fact that he doesn't storyboard. You know, he's always just like, let's just go with what happens in the moment. And that's where the true gifts come from. Uh, production was squeezed, but did you have the luxury of spending more time building on the character before you shot? Yeah, I had a month to... Um, create this character and I used that preparation time to watch mainly YouTube docu documentaries. YouTube is an amazing mine of information. So it had incredible um, documentaries um, about crack addiction, crack addiction in the 80s, interviews with crack addicts. Um, then I also had this um, privilege of sitting down with a woman who actually had an addiction problem herself and she told me her story. And all of that fed into you know, my arsenal of you know, research and um, background on what it must be like to have been Paula. And then I also used my imagination as well to create a narrative around her story and to create her character's art. Paula's choices must have been quite hard for you to reason with. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you get inside her mind? I mean, I did have a lot of judgment about her being a bad mother and about her being, you know, an addict as well and having a son. Um, and the biggest turnaround point for me where I was really able to get into her head was discovering that every single... 
uh, addict that was interviewed had actually been um, the women that is had been sexually abused or raped and it was almost like the trauma of that meant that it was so painful they were in such um, emotional torment that they were looking for an out they were looking for something to numb their pain and addiction crap was the perfect way of doing that. And I thought that's what we're all doing as humans, actually. We all have some well of pain in us, which we're numbing in some ways. And some are more socially acceptable than others, and some are less destructive than others. But I think ultimately, she's no different than you or I. Moonlight really flips uh, stereotypes. And I feel like Andre's character comes across as a threatening drug dealer initially proves to have a heart of gold, let's say. What were the challenges of, of portraying him in a non-stereotypical way? Barry said this best, that stereotypes come from the outside. Um, when you are on the inside of it, it's your task just to be truthful and um, make those characters human. So we were working from the inside out. Um, I think the stereotypes, the tropes, the archetypes kind of come from people making judgments of projects coming from the outside or or just even from people, you know, um, uh, looking at other people and, look, and viewing them as a stereotype. But if you get to know that person, everyone becomes an individual at a certain point and, and that in, in some way it informs us as to how human they are and so you, it's very hard to see the stereotype at that point. So we just tried to make them human and as truthful as possible. Every character I feel like is unique and, and has a real purpose in being in the story and in some ways is really fleshed out. Well, I thought your performance was really moving. Uh, did you feel you'd be doing something special when you first read the play on this script? Um, when I when I first read it, I had such a strong reaction to it that I, I knew it was special, and then that was that was confirmed. Uh, I guess on on the day, so to speak, when we were working, everyone from craft services to camera operators really expressed. You could see it on people's faces and how everyone approached the work. Because we were all there for the right reasons, because nobody's there to make money. <laughs> in, this, in this context, right? this is a little tiny film. Everybody was there because they wanted to be there, and you felt that on set. Moonlight is a very moving portrait of the moments that people profoundly, uh, how people profoundly shape our lives. Uh, what influences you the most in your life? I, I would guess my relationships, but I just think definitely my relationships, but um, and just me in life, I've always tried to connect to to uh, my own spirit and, and always trying to listen for my life signs, but just like my spirituality, I think, um, and, and really trying to stay grounded and connected in, in that way, um, that being something that has been a consistent uh, throughout my entire life. Um, that serves me in my work, serves me in my marriage, um, serves me in terms of my relationship with my family. So uh, I, I've always been someone who has really tried to stay in contact and keep contact with, with that part of myself that uh, perhaps you can't see, you know? Um, I feel like I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience. And so I just try to stay, n nurture that uh, as best as I can. And that's, that's probably the most, uh, the most important aspect of my life. How might this film change the perception of black roles on screen? 
I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Um, but I just, I, I do hope that this is an offering where you get to see people who happen to be black having an authentic, truthful experience. And I hope that, and there's been projects before. This is not the first, you know, it's just, it's just the one of the moment. Um, so to speak, but I, I, they have to be strong together. They have to, they have to continue to be made and produced, and and it and it's not just projects that are. Look, this is everyone in this project is black. Um, it has to be uh, people of color who are in other projects that have white people in them as well, and they're just as human and just as three-dimensional in those projects. So diversity is a very broad term um, that um, there is no period on that. And so we will have to continue to discover what diversity means, what inclusion means. And the goal is for it to be a accurate reflection of our entertainment, to be an accurate reflection of the world we live in. And there's a lot of work. That, that needs to go into to making it that. But we also live in the time of there's more content now than there has ever been. So this is the perfect time to diversify because nobody's losing anything. <laughs> it's, it's the time of inclusion because there's more shows being made now than have ever been made. So. Yeah.